0: of the whatever you want to call it podcast i'm sorry i'm geek sorry i'm it's i don't want to be that loud because i'm like it's like eight o'clock where i'm at like 8 p.m where i'm at so i don't want to be that loud but um i'm very excited to be back on the whatever you want to call a podcast episode the most controversial podcast in the entire nation I mean, nation in the entire U.S. I don't really think nation. Well, yeah, nation. Forget it. We're going to say nation. Um, but uh, today's podcast is uh, brought to you by um, me. i was playing. i was not brought to you by nobody yet. But it, for right now, it's me. It's brought to you by, today by me. But um, but yeah, like I said, today's podcast is very exciting. It's always going to be controversial. Just because anything that come out of my mouth, pause, it's it's going to be It's going to be very interesting. And it's gonna be very controversial. So uh, today's podcast, we got a lot of topics to go over: NBA trade, NBA trade deadline effects, racism in sports. Um, we also got uh, top NFL, not top NFL, top seventy five NBA snubs. Not top top seventy five NBA sub, snubs. Not top seventy five, but like the top seventy five NBA stu- snubs that you feel like that could have made it but didn't. Aaron Rodgers, that's self-explanatory. Brian Fl- Brian Flores, that's pretty much self-explanatory. But let's let's go right into it. Let's get right into uh, racism in sports. Uh, racism in sports is basically is going to tie into Brian Flores, and let's get getting right into it. Um, so we're we're I talked about it a while ago about the Rooney Rule, which basically in a sense is basically a quota that. Um, that the NFL have to not even hire, but to but to interview minority slash black um, head coaches. So basically, it's like a, like I said, it's a quote. It's basically like affirm for affirmative affirmative action. Basically, that's basically what it is. So really, it's really not helping the NFL or getting. It's not it's not uh, moving the needle in the sense of hiring head coaches. It's just. In a sense, it's basically like saying, okay, let me fill my quota. Let me just uh, uh, not, i not even hire a head coach or hire a black head coach or a minority head coach. Let me just interview him so I can get that out of the way. And so it's really not helping. It's not going to, for me, truly, it's not going to change unless the players start speaking about it. And not a lot of players are speaking about it. So it's not going to change. That's just my blunt opinion. I think the only way it will change is if players that are playing now say something about it. Not players that, are, that have long gone that's not they don't really have no connection to the NFL. They are hall of famers possibly. They are on these uh networks uh, on YouTube or whatever talking about it. I don't think it's going to change because of them. I really believe the dent, when you make a dent into it, like really make a dent into it is the players that are playing now speak about it. If the NFL players now speak about, man, we need some more black head coaches. If they start speaking about it more, it's going to happen. Trust me. It's going to happen. Brian Flores got, um, speaking about Brian Flores, he was out. He talked about in length about certain things, basically saying that he was basically uh, set up to lose. He got, um, I think they said something about where he was getting, he he got, almost got paid a certain amount of money to purposely lose certain games. It was a lot of stuff that came out uh, with within the uh, like the coming days when this this news broke broke about um, Brian Flores um, for the Miami Dolphins, which I really believe a lot of times with these head coaches, these black head coaches are are put in bad situations and te- you're basically telling them, okay, make magic out of what dirt we have now, and it's like. With the organization, with an NFL team, especially the NFL team or a team overall, if you're going to turn around or you want to change the culture, it takes everybody. It doesn't just take a head coach. And I think a lot of organizations, specifically in the NFL, they don't do that. They it's all about okay, we need a head coach, and they think that culture is going to change just because of that. No, it takes the organization also. Just not only the head coach, it takes the staff to say okay, we appreciate. What you're doing, okay. We appreciate that you want to change the culture. Okay, we're gonna go align with it too. That's the reason why a lot of these teams are still still suck. That's this is the reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars ain't went nowhere. This is the reason why the Cowboys haven't made the Super Bowl since Michael Irvin was playing, since Troy Aikman was playing. Because of the culture. They have great teams, they have great young guys, great talent great uh, great talent talented players on their teams but can't go anywhere can't can't do nothing and if the reason why is because of this or the organization and I will compare it to like teams like the Milwaukee Bucks and the NBA I'm gonna compare to NBA team just because it's a better example and it's really it really ain't a lot of teams that are doing it in the NFL so I gonna I'm gonna speak about the NBA team I'm gonna speak about the Milwaukee Bucks something that is recent the reason why the Milwaukee Bucks are in the situation they are in now is because of, of course, they hired a head coach. But not only did they hire a new head coach, they said, okay, now we're gonna get a new GM. Okay, now we're gonna get a new GM. Okay, we gotta get a now we gotta get a new executive. We gotta get people uh, surrounded around us that are gonna that want to win that and want to win now. We can't waste Giannis Kumbo's time and got trade for guys that you don't need that you that are toxic to the to the organization and I I, I I give credit to Herb Cole and what he did, but he's not doing the stuff that, that that uh uh what's the name uh the Lazary brothers are doing right now they're they're making moves that is changing the landscape of the Milwaukee Bucks that is changing the, the atmosphere of the Milwaukee Bucks. You saw what happened last year. What, what? How many people were out there cheering for the Milwaukee Bucks this year. Not last year. But this year in the, the playoffs. How many people were outside. When I was watching the game. Literally. It literally felt like a college game. And not offense the, in the NBA. But it almost in a sense felt like a, like a concert outside. When the Milwaukee Bucks were playing in the playoffs. Like I remember one time. I watched the game at my house because I just, like, watched it at my house. No, actually, I didn't watch it at my house. I watched it at my my sister's house. And I was watching the game, and literally, I lived, like, right, me and my sister, like, we live literally downtown, like, clo- not downtown, but on the east side. But it's, like, it's intersecting between the east side and downtown. If you're from Milwaukee, you know what I'm talking about. It's, like, it's a part where the, it's, the east side and downtown kind of intersecting each other. And that's basically where my me and my sister live at. We live in that that area. And literally, it was nobody downtown. Literally, it felt like a ghost town because everybody was downtown cheering for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's the culture change that needs to happen for a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams, they just think they just need a head coach. No, you need an executive change. You need a GM change. These A lot of these organizations, specifically in the NFL, they have that wrong. They think they just need a head coach. No, a head coach is not going to change your sucking ways because you can have a good head coach, but if the players don't listen to his ass, it don't matter. And if then the players know when, and people don't realize, but the players know when a GM, GM ain't messing with the the coach, when the GM, the head coach banging heads, they know that stuff. They ain't stupid. They ain't little kids. They grown men. They know when shit going left and, and, and. A lot of times, they, they, they rotate these head coaches, specifically Cleveland, rotate head coaches, and they think, oh, it's the head coach problem. A lot of times, it's not even the head coach. It's the freaking executive. The, these guys that are higher up. The, the guys that are making them big moves, like the trades and stuff. Those are the people that are, they are responsible for, for the toxicity of these organizations. The, they are the, the, the epicenter of these, the the bad moves of these organizations. It's not the head coach. The head coach can only do what he can do best. And that's coach. He can only put certain things together that, that, that fits. If it, if you give me a piece that doesn't fit, it doesn't matter how much I move it around, slide it to the left, slide it to the right, move it to the, to, to uh, move it down, move it up. It ain't going to fit. It's a fit piece. The not fit. If the piece doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. It's not, it don't matter what you do. If it, the piece doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. So that's my main reason for the, my main gripe about the NFL. They complain about, oh my God, well, people might, people, it, the outside world might be like, oh, they complaining about head coach. We got a head coach. We They just signed Brian Flores, so everything's all good. That's what the NFL thinks that most people are going to look at. Like, oh, it's good now, because Lion Flores got got hired by the Steelers, but then right in that same sentence, the the NFL said, "No, can you sign a a, 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 a NDA?" But if people out there that, that are not that intellectual and they don't know what an NDA is, pretty much it's like a non-disclosure like uh, thing where they like basically saying like whatever you gripe you have with the NFL, you got to cut it, basically like. Like you, you got you can't say nothing about us if if we hire you as a head coach. That's basically what they said. They basically hired them to shut them up, pretty much. They gave them hush money in a sense to say, okay, if we give you this money or if we give you this job, you can't say nothing about bad bad about us. Basically, that's what NDA is. It's to shut somebody up. Say if I get hired by say if I don't like uh, say for example I work for. A Fortune Five Hundred, comp- uh, Fortune, uh, uh, not Fortune Five Hundred, but say if I work for uh, or FedEx and I I I have a podcast like this and I talk about how FedEx is bad bad business and I don't like them and their their delivery service is bad or whatever and then like I get hired by FedEx for some reason they just hire me because I talk bad about them so they're like well, let's just hire him so he can find out that we're not that bad. They'll, sign, they'll tell me, like, oh, well, can you sign an NDA so you won't say nothing bad about us? So, if it is something bad that happens, you won't put it on us or you won't say that. Oh, I told you so. Basically, that's what an NDA is. So, basically, that's what they try to do with Brian Flores. And they just, that's just, it's laughable. And I said on Twitter, when he got hired, I said, predictable. Predictable by the NFL. They were predictable. They're predictable. They, they do this all the time. To hire hire people just to shut people up. Oh, you want this? Okay, we're gonna instead of giving you what you want, we're gonna just shut you up by saying, okay, let's hire a couple, a couple, a uh, uh, head coaches some places else. Like, oh, and even the fact that his job, his job is a not a defensive coordinator, not the head coach. No, he's a defensive assistant coach. That's like when you you're at your job and they're like, yeah, you're not the manager. You're the assistant to the manager. So they try to give him a a, a, a title to make him ha- go on a power trip, just to, so he won't say nothing about the NFL or say nothing bad about the NFL. And it's just it's just it's laughable. That's why I'm 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 laughing right now. It's it's funny because they truly really tried to shut him up, and then at the same sense he didn't shut up. So it's like you did that for no reason. And Art Rooney, he actually is the GM for or not GM, but. He's, I think, he's the GM or the owner for the Steelers who made up the rule, the Rooney rule, basically. Um, but it, like I said, it doesn't work. It's just just basically, basically the NFL what NFL teams do nowadays. They, instead of hiring a head black head coach, what they do is they just they just uh, interview them just to get rid of that quota to say, okay, as say they said the quota is okay. You gotta you gotta interview you gotta you gotta uh, interview basically in a sense interview or you got to try out, or you got to uh, interview five head coaches. They have black head coaches. They are like, all right, well, let's get our quota out of the way. Let's interview these these two NFL head coaches that ain't even qualified to be a head coach, or these couple head coaches that even they are, they might be ha- qualified, but we don't want them. So we're going to interview these five head coaches, black head coaches, and we're not going to hire them, but we're going to interview them just to get them five out the way, and then we're going to hire the one we want. And the main example of the the main example, and I spoke about it like a second ago about teams that their toxicity is just bad. The Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to make a statement on this podcast that I haven't made. I don't know if people don't haven't made that this statement uh, statement yet, or even made the point that the reason why the Dallas Cowboys haven't made haven't major Super, Super Bowl or even sniffed. The Super Bowl is because of Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is the reason why the Dallas Cowboys are in this position. Every year they have the potential to make it to the Super Bowl. At least make it, not, not even win, just at least make it. They have the potential. They have the roster to make it to the Super Bowl. But why? Why is the Why can't they make the Super Bowl? That's the question that I have. Why can't they make the Super Bowl? And that reason is simple. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is the reason why the Cowboys are uh, an accident waiting to happen, like Stephen A. Smith said. They're accident waiting to happen. You know the reason why? Let, let me name the reasons why I believe Jerry Jones is the is, is at fault here. You got a guy in Jason Garrett that you should have been let go years ago, years ago, and you kept him for three or what three more years, two or three more years until. They finally failed and then you finally got rid of him because you felt like he felt like a son to you. I don't give a damn what what he felt to you. If he's not a good head coach or he's not fit to be a head coach, fire his ass. And and that's just it just it just pisses me off because you got coaches like uh, the chiefs head uh, defense coordinator. um, What's the guy's name? I got a guy's name. The chiefs defensive coordinator. He had he could have had a chance of being a head coach didn't hire him Hugh Jackson a great office of mine didn't hire him either Lovie Smith he was a good head coach at his time with the Chicago Bears he was a good head coach but you didn't hire him either you you went after Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy is a good head coach but compared to a, a lot of these uh, uh Mike Tomlin he looks like a, a weenie and I'm not them like Winnie, but he looks small. Basically, that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's not it's not comparative. It's I mean, Mike McCarthy he was a good head coach at at times. At times, keyword at times. And the reason why he actually, if you really want to put it out there, the reason why Mike McCarthy was so successful is because he had the guy number twelve on his side. When you got a guy by the name of Aaron freaking Rodgers. You, you you can hide a lot of bullshit. You can hide a lot of mess. You can hide a lot of your mess if you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers on your team. But after a while, you can't hide that bullcrap anymore. When you got a guy in Aaron Rodgers, but your defense gets... if you got a guy in Aaron Rodgers that can score thirty some points a game, thirty points a game, but then your defense on the other hand gives up thirty points, how the hell you expect to win? You expect Aaron Rodgers to save you from everything? No. Sometimes you need your defense to play well. They played well this year, so I'm going to give them total credit in the playoffs and in the regular season. They played well, so I'm going to give them credit. But in years past, they haven't been that great. The special teams has always sucked. Even when they we had Joy Nelson and Randall Cobb, we sucked at special teams. Do you, you want me to remind you of the Seahawks versus the Packers in the playoffs in Seattle, the fumble? That happened on an all, onside kick, a simple onside kick. You want to remind me of that? You remind me, remind me of when we played the New England Patriots in, and I think it was it might have been in, I don't know if it was in New England or it was in Green Bay. In a offensive of lineman, a backup office lineman, Damner took it to the house on us on our from our special teams. Like stop it, like I, and it it messes me up. When we get, when we, when I see that from head coaches and I want to get back and get back to what I'm talking about. I don't want to veer off and talk about other things, but like I'm making my point about black head coaches and not getting a lot of opportunities. They get, and speaking about opportunities, they get into these opportunities, but then they, like I said before, they give them, they put them in fucked up situations and say, make, make, make this, make this lemonade. Oh, I know, you got a whole bunch of lemons, but make this lemonade. Don't, don't give them the tools to make the. You don't give them a, a lemonade squeezer. You don't give them a knife to squeeze to, to cut the lemon. But you say, oh, here are a whole bunch of lemons. Make lemonade. You don't give them the tools to make the lemonade. But you say, okay, here's a lemon. Here's a, cut five lemons. Make lemonade. You don't give them no the water to, like, add, to dilute the sweet a little bit, to dilute the sourness of the lemon. You don't give them no sugar. You don't give them the knife. You don't give them you don't give them nothing. You say, "Okay, here's five lemons, make lemonade." Like it's, it and you expect these head coaches to be successful. And you got to realize a lot of times with these organizations, when you've been bad for so long, it takes time for that bad taste to wear off. That bad losing taste to wear off. It takes a while for that to 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 wear off. When you suck been sucking so bad, it takes time for that losing mentality to wear off, even if you have a great quarterback or a great head coach, that losing mentality takes time to wear off. It takes about a good two, three years to wear off because you got to get out of that mentality to say, okay, instead of going for because when you're in a, in a, in the a organization and you have a losing mentality, you expect you don't expect expecting nothing less. You I mean, you expect less of everything. You are like say for example the Jacksonville Jaguars if they somehow make something out of this, I don't know what it is right now, because they don't have a head coach right now. Their quarterback is suspect. And I i said it on my podcast. I did not believe in Trevor Lawrence coming out of college. I just didn't. He was good in college, and that's because you played for fucking Clemson, and that's a lot of times that happens. You play for Clemson. Your, all, most of your offensive line is getting drafted in the second round first round. Your damn near your defense, most of your defense is getting drafted in the first round. Your wide receivers are most likely going to be first round, uh, first round picks. So I mean, of course you're gonna probably go undefeated. And in the high school you went to, it's like, well, you was the best in high school because you had the top receivers again. Uh, again, you had the top receivers on your team. So it was of course you're gonna go undefeated, or of course you're gonna win a lot. But when you get into the NFL, you got a lot of guys that are number one picks, or you got a lot of guys that are. Have chips on their shoulders and they don't care about your you been a number one pick. They don't care about, oh yeah, you I was successful in in high and in, in Clemson and in, in, in high school. They don't care about none of that. They care about destroying you. They care about destroying your confidence. And they destroy a whole bunch of Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence's confidence this year. And in order to make this right, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars need to need. To make a culture shock, it's a culture shock. They need to make a change within their heart and finding a, a black head coach. I believe a black head coach can make up for a lot of things just because I had a black head coach in high school and how that changed my perspective. A lot of times, I think you they need to. It's uh, the change can can, in a sense, make a big difference more than you think because if you really think about it 90% in the NFL is black and your head coach is white how can i relate to you <laughs> i'm just saying like I, I, that's a good question for me if i'm if 90% of the i'll probably say at the most 80% if 80% of the NFL is black and my head coach is white how can i relate to you how can i understand how can you understand my struggle when 80% of the NFL is black but all the coaches, most of the coaches are black. I mean, white. How can you understand? me? I can, in a sense, you see what Deion Sanders is doing in Jackson State. He understands him. He knows where they've been. That's why he he took Travis. That's why he took that number one pick that was going to some other school. He took him. You know why he took him? Because the guy, the guy, the guy Deion Sanders, knows. He knows him. He can understand him. He can understand his the struggle. He can understand his plight that is the importance if you want to know the importance of a black head coach look at Jackson State look what Deion Sanders is doing he's changing a culture he is changing a a, 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 a young man into grown men he's, he's not he's making a difference outside of football and in football look what this guy is doing if you haven't watched Deion Sanders watch Deion Sanders work go to a, I haven't made a game an HBCU game at all, that's probably going to be my first. Like if I go to HBCU game, that's going to be probably my first one. I'm going to go to Jackson state and see how they play They And you see what they do. Like this, this like it's amazing what Deion Sanders is doing. I appreciate Deion Sanders and his importance to the culture. It's his importance at coaching and I, I appreciate that man. But, uh, let, let me digress a little bit on that and um, talk about other things. I, like, man, and when I talk about football, man, I get so excited. Sorry, y'all. I mean, I'm a little amped today. First of all, I haven't did my podcast in almost like two or three weeks. So I've been off. So I've been just sitting on a lot of this stuff. And I've been just like, I've been yearning for, to talk about this stuff. But I've just been busy with other things that I'm going to talk about a little later in in life. Not life, but a later, later on. Um... Like I said, we're going to talk about the top 75 snubs. Uh, so top 75 were top 75, uh, basketball players, NBA players, um, in the NBA in the last what year or so, not year, but decades or whatever. So a couple people that we know of, uh, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Giannis, LeBron, Carmelo, Damian Lillard, James Harden, uh, just to name a few, Dennis Rodman, we know the mo- most of the popular names: Bob McAdoo, uh, John Stockton, all, all the multiple guys. We the, the guys we know. I'm not gonna say now. I'll name all the top 75, but most of the guys: Kareem, Oscar. Um, yeah, you, you know, you know who all the top top, top 75 NBA players. I'm a couple. of was a couple guys that were snubbed: Tracy McGrady, to be exact. Tracy McGrady, Dwight Howard, uh, Kyrie Irving, um, Clay Thompson. Uh, um, we got a lot of guys that in, that were in there that wasn't in there. Um, Who was in? Wasn't in there. Um, I mean, Joel B wasn't in there, but he was been injured. I'm trying to think of a couple guys that have been in the league for a minute that wasn't in there. Um, just like that was just I'll say that just to name a few. But it was a couple. Like I so said, it was a couple people. Couple people that were felt snubbed or a couple people that were snubbed, Specifically, Tracy McGrady, Kyrie Irving. I get it because of just his his inconsistency inconsistency a little bit at times, which just like not playing games and playing games. It's just, I get that. Um, Dr- Tracy McGrady. Now nah, I don't get that. That was a total snub, but at the same time, if you're like, all right, well, Tracy McGrady should have made the top 75. Who are you taking out? Like <laughs> that's the thing. If you're going to say Tracy McGrady should have made the top 75, who are you taking out? If you, if you agree with me on that and you agree that Tracy McGrady should be in the top 75 go on my Twitter Marquise95sports um, go look up yeah go to Marquise M-A-R-K-E-S-E I, I'm saying it again M-A-R-K-E-S-E 95 sports that's all together go on my Twitter and tweet that and tweet it to me and uh, put in my handle um, Marquise95sports and tweet it to me and I might just post it or I might talk about it talk about your tweet on my next podcast Um, also you can go to my Facebook page at the, whatever you want to call it, podcast Facebook page, follow it, like it, share it, talk about it. Um, spread the news. Um, it's a good podcast. You know what it is. Same thing with my Twitter and my Instagram, Marquise95sports. Go to my, you can DM me about it. Um, yeah, just don't DM me, inappropriate because I'm not going to look at it. Um, (laughs) I might, no, I'm not, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to try not to. I'm going to say that. I'm going to try not to. <laughs> no, but don't send me on inappropriate for real, for real, Don't send me an inappropriate. But like I said, I'm talking about the ladies. I'm not talking about the men. I'm talking about the ladies. Don't send me an inappropriate because I won't look at it. But anyways, as I as I was saying, um, Terrence McGuettis, he really should have made the top 75. I really feel like he should have made the top 75. I agree with that. But who you taking out? That's the thing. That is the, the biggest question of the day. Oh, if Tracy McGrady should have made the top 75, who are you taking out? Who are you taking out of the top 75? Who are you saying, okay, he shouldn't be in the top 75. He should be out. And I want to say a name, but I'm not going to say a name. But he, he, who are you thinking of? If you agree with me on Tracy McGrady should be top 75, again, I said, go to Marquise, M-A-R-K-E-S-E, 95 Sports, and um, go to my Twitter handle. Put in my Twitter handle. Uh, type in my Twitter handle and put your your decision or your person that you feel like should be taken out instead of Tracy McGrady. But yeah, man, like it's 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 very interesting. The Top City Vibe, man. That halftime show was great. Um, overall, like the Top City five, I like that. Um, the All Star break was good. The the game was very interesting. Now, of course, I like this new Elam method that they have with the, like the you you win every quarter and you win and you actually you're fighting for something every quarter you're not just playing just to play you're fighting for like you're actually playing for a purpose every quarter and then the overall score is added up and then that's the target score I like that method I like it's more it, it, it brings a certain competitiveness competitive to the I'm trying to say the right right competitiveness I'm saying I'm saying slow cuz I was talk a little fast sometimes but competitiveness, I don't think I said it right, but whatever. But it, it, it brings a Yeah, it brings that. And I believe that, um, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. i very, I apologize if you cannot understand some of the words I say. So I'm going to say them over again sometimes. But I, yeah, I apologize with that. I'm very excited. That's all I'm going to say. I'm very excited. But as I, I digress, I'm going to also talk about today, other than the NFL, not NFL, the NBA Uh, Top 75 snubs. I'm going to also talk about um, Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers has been in the media this year for like things either bad or good. Mostly bad because his uh, decision on not being vaccinated. Um, We all know what happened and how people perceived him. We get all that. I get all that. I don't really want to talk about all that because that's just... Hoopla! That's all that malarkey that I don't want to talk about. That's all the stuff that the media does and they make posts about and they ran it about all damn season talking about Aaron Rodgers, a detriment to his team, even though he told his team that he wasn't vaccinated. Oh, he's messing up the NFL and the integrity integrity of the NFL, even though he told the NFL that he wasn't vaccinated, even though the person that he got COVID from was a person that was vaccinated, even though I don't want to talk about that. But even in speaking about the COVID situation, um, I got things. It's not really breaking news, but speaking about that situ- COVID situation, um, some news coming out saying that Kyrie Irving might be able to play full games because the, the governor spoke in length about the mandate and how the, the mask mandate and how, uh, it's been inconsistent and in how it's just, like, which it is it's been inconsistent. It how, and it, it, it's it been inc- inconsistent in the sense of how like away players, players that are from different cities can come in unvaccinated, but Kyrie Irving that is in Brooklyn, he can't play, but other teams can, other players can play that are, aren't vaccinated that can come to New York that and play, even though they're not vaccinated, but Kyrie's unvaccinated and he can't play. So it, 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 it the inconsistency there is just—it it makes no sense. So for me, I just believe that the the NFL, not the NFL, but the NBA is—it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna make Kyrie. He's gonna play. That's why I'm trying to uh, spell out basically. The NBA makes great moves, and the NBA. This is one of the moves that they have to make because it's like a product they're selling. They have to make sure their product is good. They have to make sure their product can be sold and that product was Kyrie Irving. They knew that if Kyrie Irving is not with the Brooklyn Nets, they're not going anywhere. This is going to be really, it's not going to be that competitive like that because they all already going to do is double KD and force Ben Simmons to shoot and that's not going to work. And <laughs> they knew that. So I think even before when it came out, when they said Kyrie Irving was only playing away games, it made no sense because, for me, it was just like he did, I mean, he he's not having COVID problems. He, and then on top of that, the the players that were getting vaccinated were getting COVID back again or being on COVID protocol again. So it didn't make any sense to say, okay, now we're going to not play Kyrie because he's not vaccinated, but vaccinated, unvaccinated players were playing from other uh, teams, even though Kyrie was unvaccinated as well, but he couldn't play. So it made no sense. The inc- the inconsistency was just it, that was it, it was like the women said, it's the inconsistency for me. It it was just yeah, that was for me it was that. So, um, for me, yeah. For the NFL though, let me speak about the NFL. Back to Aaron Rodgers. I'm kind of going from side to side a little bit, but I'm going to go back to what the NFL is doing right now. And uh, like I said about Aaron Rodgers in the media, it's been up and down for Aaron Rodgers, even though I feel like Aaron Rodgers is in a good place. You can tell he's in a good place. Monday showed it uh, with the quote, the, the the Monday night gratitude quote that he had. Um And it was, and it was uh, winning an uproar because most people thought it was, that meant, oh, he's gone from uh, the Green Bay Packers and he's just thanking everybody. Cause he's going to leave or whatever. Which, I mean, it might be, it still might, that might be something too, still. But, I mean, we can't put too much into it because we don't know if he really was uh, just thinking it. Well, I think he was. I believe he was. He was just, and Aaron Rodgers, and the thing about it is, the reason why I get confused at the media is uh, about the hate that they hate about Aaron Rodgers, which does make sense. And if I said it out loud in a sentence, the hate that they hate, but the, the, the toxic hate that they have for Aaron Rodgers doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because Aaron Rodgers is a guy that, 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 that is a great teammate. He cares about his teammates. He celebrates his teammates. And I, I spoke up to my sister a while ago. I think yesterday about it. I said, Giannis Adelakumo for the Milwaukee Bucks and Aaron Rodgers can say the same exact thing. And, and people will have something to say about Aaron Rodgers. Like, for example, Aaron Rodgers and, and and Giannis will say something like, Giannis will say, like, oh, okay, if you lose some weight, if you not lose some weight, if you start losing weight and working out, you can you can get really healthy and you can live longer and whatever. And you you can live longer. Aaron Rodgers will say, man, if you can lose, he'll say the same exact thing. Probably, I didn't even say word for word, but he'll say the same exact exact thing. And people are like, oh, but you call me vet? You call me fat, man. You 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 you're uh you're dissing fat people. You call me fat. You just, it's like, dude. He said exact same thing. What are you getting mad about? And it's just they when like I said before, I I talked to my sister about it. I said it doesn't matter what Aaron Rodgers says. It could be something good. If you already don't like me, it don't matter what I say. It could be something really good. It could be like, man, you know what? Man, I'm finna go get give a million dollars to the homeless shelter. And you and you could not like me, man. man why why he giving all, all that money to the homeless shelter? He could give it to me. Or he you could you always gonna have something to say. Oh man, why are you giving a million dollars to the homeless shelter? Why are you had to post that and say he giving a million dollars to the homeless shelter? Why is it bad that he's saying that? Like in this it's just when somebody hates you or when when you already have a a culture of toxic uh, media takes where they can sway a vote, where they can spew a perspective. It, it's 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 not expect. It's not expected that it's not it, not it's not expected. It's not. Um, how would I say it? It's not surprising that people would hate Aaron Rodgers. It's not surprising because it's it, they've been doing this for a while. They do this with everybody, but uh, Ocho Cinco. For a while, this man had has broken every receiver record and top three and damn near every receiving, receiving record. T.O., the same way, has broken every receiver record ever. He's top three and damn near everything important about a receiver. And this dude has been uh, like in a sense, what is it? How can I say this? He's been victimized by the media because he acts a certain way. He doesn't He's not the normal. They want you to, the NFL wants you to have a certain style. They they want you to be bland. They want you to, and for a while they won not letting people uh, celebrate, which was the stupidest decision that the NFL has made to this day. They had, That was the stupidest decision and they regretted it because now they have a, a freaking celebration cam, which it just, it just overall shows that the media controls a lot of things and they, they just don't have control over a lot of times what the votes and players and and, and organizations do, but they have control over the whole shebang, the NFL too. Because the NFL, a lot of these NFL teams listen to the media a lot of times. They look at stuff and they look at certain things to see how players are instead of actually going to that player, asking them genuinely how do you think – a you feel about what, you, what they, people say about you or actually going and actually talking to these players and speaking and letting them speak their mind from their perspective instead of listening to these media outlets or listening to these former head coaches that didn't even like them in the first place or doesn't or don't understand their plight or don't, or don't understand their perspective. Of course, they're going to say something bad about them when they don't understand them. And that's why I, I'm going to go back to Hiring black head coaches. I'm gonna go right back to that. It goes right back to that. Hiring black head coaches. Hiring back. Like I said when you're 80% black and your co- head coaches are white, how the hell are I supposed to understand? I mean, you couldn't understand me in the sense of like, oh man, football. But as a player, as a man, as a black man in America, how can you understand me when you're white and you don't understand? your your advantage over me how can you understand me and that's and that's the thing I'm trying to trying to get past when I talk about this stuff on my podcast I'm trying to speak out against the discrimination that the NFL has time and time and time again showed and it's not gonna change like I said it's not gonna change until the players that are playing now speak about it it's not going to change. You want black head coaches, the players have to cut out. Players that are playing now, not players that have, that. They're not don't have jobs. Not don't have jobs, but the players that they're not in the NFL now, because I don't think that's no, it's, it's not going to affect anything. They're just talking at the point. I mean, I'm not saying they don't have any power, but I'm saying that it's not going to, like, it's not going to give no effect as if, like, a player that's in the NFL now that know have experienced recently discrimination and saw it eye for eye, saw it with their naked eye, saw discrimination between head coaches. I know if you are an NFL player, if your NFL player is watching this show, you know, you you probably saw this in high school, college, NFL, wherever. You probably saw this with your eye, this discrimination between black head coaches and white head coaches. We saw this. We've seen this. So that's all I want to talk about, about that situation. Because like I said, I get really like passionate when I talk about football, especially with uh, the NFL, not hiring black head coaches. That is a big problem. Like, and I'm going to say it one more time for the people back there in the, the back that didn't hear me. In order for this to change, the players now have to speak about it. The players now, that are in the NFL now, have to speak about it and go against the grain and say, man, I want black, a black head coach. I Make mean, Forget all that. Stop giving me what I want, what you think I want. Give me what I need. And that's what I, I'm going to say about that. But um, in other news, uh, basketball news, we have uh, the New York Knicks and Kimba Walker have agreed to sideline Kimba Walker for the rest of the season I don't know if that's dealing with either injury or just uh, Kimba Walker might get traded again or released so I mean the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks have been a uh, what you call it a disappointment (laughs) and they had big dreams I I saw them like when I saw them last year I'm like man they making a big step man they can do something they were the Cleveland Cavaliers of last year but the Cleveland Cavaliers are better this year. They're better in the sense of they're further, they're bigger, they're better. I think they don't I don't think they're going to make the the winner Eastern Conference. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to go as far as that, but I'm going to go as far as they're going to scare a couple people. They're going to give a scare to a couple people. They're going to make some noise a little bit. I think they're just too young right now, and they don't have anything on their belt. And they're like I said, they're young and stupid, so they're playing with house money right now. So they're going to play free. I mean, that's what I would tell my, if I'm a head coach, play free, play like your life depends on it and play with your heart. And they, they, they're going to make some noise, but I don't think they're going to get far. I think if they, it matters about who they face. If they face a good team in the first round, they might get beat in the first round. But if they face a if they get a good matchup, they might win in the first, the first round matchup. But if they get a good team like Milwaukee or Miami or Brooke, Brooklyn in the first round when Kyrie and Ben Simmons back or something, or James Harden with the, the Philadelphia 76ers, they might lose that. <laughs> they might lose it. Now, if they face like a Knicks team or like a bad another bad team in an Easter conference, which is ve- very near and dear, like I don't think, and I can't even say that, like it's a bad team in an Easter conference. Every team is good, even 1 through 8. 1 through 10 is good. 1 through 10 can beat anybody. It is anybody can be anybody in one through ten in the in the Eastern conference. It's it's not even funny, bro. Like it's anybody can get anybody. Anybody can get hit in, in anywhere at any position, and it's just that's just the funny thing about the Eastern Conference, the Eastern, Con- the Eastern Conference. Um, is very it's very competitive this year. They have the better defenders, I think, on the ball defenders. Just to say that that the the Western Conference has the better offense of. Power, firepower, just slightly, just slightly. I wouldn't even say that really. If you, once I think about, it, not even that really, because you got Katie Giannis, Joel B. James Harden, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Um, Miami, he got Jimmy Butler, Bam, uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, PJ Tucker. You got um, the Cavs got Mobley, Kevin Love, uh, Rondo. Um, you got a lot of guys in there, so. I'm oh, offensively. Ah, uh, yeah. because got, where the Western conference, you got Steph, Donovan Mitchell, who got in Phoenix, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Um, you want to count DeAndre Aiden, um, Utah, you got Jokic, Jamal Murray, when he come back, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul Pierce, but they're not even there. So I'm not going to count them right now. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves got, uh, D-Lo, D- uh, DeAndre Russell, um, Cat, Cal, Towns, the Lakers got LeBron and eighty, but they don't be they can't even be stay healthy to play with each other. Russell Westbrook, even though he's been inconsistent this year and it's a down year for him, so for me, it's it's a tie offensively for like all, who got the better offense, but all, defensively, the Eastern Conference got it by a mile, like by a mile, and um, that's gonna be very interesting. That's going to be a very interesting um, uh, story going on to the playoffs, and what's going to be a very also going to be a very interesting story. Uh, the trade deadline. Um, the trade deadline happened is gone, long gone. I mean, it happened like two weeks or probably like three or four days ago. Um, the uh, tr- trade on la- trade deadline happened, and we got a couple interesting trades. Of course, we know the James Harden and uh, Ben Simmons trade. Ultimately, I believe that. The Nets won that trade easily because they got more out of it. Um, but, like, most people are going to say it like James Harden is going to win that. Oh, not James Harden. The 76 ers won that trade just simply because James Harden is going to play right away. And Ben is going to it's going to take Ben Simmons some time to play. Because I feel like he needs to get in basketball shape. And we, and we don't know if he's going to play this season or next season. We know for sure James Harden is going to play this year. He's going to play... Uh, against Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. I think uh, March, I mean March, or I think if it's not March, no, I think uh, when do they play in Minnesota? I think it's Minnesota. They play Minnesota the first I think I don't know if that's the first game, but whenever they play Minnesota, that's like, I think it's either, not in February, the beginning of March. It's either the end of uh, February, I think, or March. They play in the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's the first, I don't know if that's the first game, but that's the game that he's going to come back on. And uh, come back and play. So for me, I think of course, but like people are gonna say the James Harden trade to Philly was a better deal because you're gonna see him play right away. But overall, as a whole, when you look look at next year in this year, Ben Simmons to Philly was a better trade, better trade off. Again, like I said before, you got more out of it. You got not only you got Ben Simmons, you got Seth Curry. You got under Jones, which they, the, I think the Lakers, not the Lakers, but the Nets needed that. They needed a big man presence that can rebound a ball because that hurt them a lot. Last year against the Milwaukee Bucks, that hurt them a lot because you got a got a guy in Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, even Chris at times can get you 10 rebounds a game. And you need that big man presence. You need that, you need that rebounding presence. And that helped the Brooklyn that's going to help the Brooklyn Nets. So ultimately I believe Brooklyn Nets on the Brooklyn Nets long-term is going to be good. But for short term Philly, this is going to be interesting. I, again, this is going to be interesting because what if in the next two years, James Harden doesn't win? He doesn't win in Philly. What is James Harden going to do? Is James Harden going to bail again or say, I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to play in Philly until I win. Or we're going to rebuild or build around me and Joel Embiid and we're going to build around what we got. And we're going to fight until we get it. Or is James Harden going to be like, man, let me forget this. I'm going to bail out again. I'm going to go to another team and trade me to another team and let, let, let me let me go somewhere else. So for me, it's it's going to be very interesting to say the least. It's going to be very interesting. But I, 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 dig- I digress uh, from that. But I'm gonna also talk about today um it's some big news in um uh the NFL the NFL and the XFL they they were talking about uh, like a little bit about that the NFL and the XFL is, is uh, doing a collaboration I actually love when I watched before they I think they uh I don't they file bankruptcy or nothing like that but they they had the XFL games on for I think it was like it has to be like four years ago when they did that It was actually really good. I actually watched it. It was actually really good. I liked them games. First of all, I'm a football fanatic, so it don't matter if it's the XFL, the NFL, or the PFL. It don't really matter. Football is football for me. If you play football, it don't matter if it's in Australia, Canada, wherever. If you play football, I'm watching it. I'm going to watch it. And it's going to be a very interesting situation with that and how that's going to work out with the NFL and if they're going to do something like a G League type thing where they can get players from that the XFL and bring them to their teams. I mean, it's a lot of talk, but I don't I want to see what happens. So that's going to be very interesting coming this up this upcoming season in the NFL. Um we also got this upcoming season. It's um what's his name? He said he might he's going most like I think he's going to come back. I don't think he's going to leave. Uh what's his name? Aaron Donald. He said I'm going to think about I might retire after this season. I don't think he's going to retire because that's the thing about winning the championship. Winning the championship is almost like a fucking drug. When you win something, it's almost like a winning drug. You want to win it again. You want to do it again. You want to do it again and again and again. I think that taste of winning. I think he he got that taste now. Now he knows how to get there. Now he's like, man, I want it again, man. I want it again, man. I want it again and again. So it's just like it's addiction. And I think, man, he come back, bro. I don't think I don't have no doubt. If you had a percentage-wise, i say 80% that he's coming back. I don't think he, w- unless it's something to deal with, like his family, he wants to spend time with his kids or something like that. I think that plays a part into it. Or he wants to stay healthy for his kids. He doesn't want to have to leave the NFL because he had a career ending injury. He wants to stay healthy for his kids. So that could go into that the decision on coming back. But I think he's eighty percent that he's coming back for to the to the NFL. He's going back to the LA Rams. I, I really truly believe that. Also, what I really truly believe is that you are amazing, and I thank you guys for listening to the whatever you want to call a podcast. I thank you guys for tuning in to the whatever you want to call a podcast. As I said before, if you want to want to uh, talk about that Tracy McGrady top seventy five snub, go to my Twitter at Marquise ninety five sports. And my Instagram, DM me at Marquise95sports and DM me on my my Instagram. Or you can go to my um, Twitter at Marquise95sports. It's M-A-R-K-E-S-C 95 sports. That's all together. Or you can go to my Instagram and DM me, Marquise95sports. Or you can go to my Facebook page, like it, share it, uh, talk about it. It's a good podcast. You already know. Y'all been watching it. Y'all been listening to it. Not watching it, but y'all been listening to it. So I thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next episode, probably Saturday. So um, I'll see you guys next episode when I talk about more controversial uh, statements and games and all the other stuff that you know and you love. Thank you guys. Peace.